God, we pray that as we approach your word this morning, that you would soften our hearts to receive it. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would move in our hearts this morning because we have looked at your word. God, open us up to be willing to grow, to be willing to change. God, that you would use your God-breathed scripture this morning to change our lives and to change our hearts, God, so that we, we won't be the same people when we leave this place as when we came in. But God, that you would that you would bring us to you this morning, that we would learn what you have to teach us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love. Love is kind of a, a strange word, uh, especially in today's uh, understanding of, of what love is in our modern American culture. Um, in some sense, it almost has a tie that's emotional. It's kind of touchy-feely. It'll, it kind of gives you an idea of like rainbows and unicorns. Um, and we kind, of, we kind of lacked an understanding of what love really is. It especially gets confusing in our modern language because love is kind of a, a blanket term that we apply to everything from uh, we moderately tolerate something to we utterly adore something and everything in between that is all covered under I love. So in other words, like I love tacos and I love my parents, but those are two different kinds of love, different ways that I love those and different ways that I express those loves. Um, I love to play guitar. I love to read books, but that's different from the love that I have for Jesus. Even things that are related, like uh, I like to play football, but to a different degree that I like to watch football, even when my team loses and breaks my heart over and over again. And one of the most tragic things that we've lost in our understanding of love is an idea of redemptive love. It's one of the biggest ways that we've lost an understanding of what love is. But we like this idea of redemption that shows up in all of our, our great movies and in our great books. We like the idea of, of the bad guy who can become the good guy, the person that can move beyond his mistakes, move beyond his past. Uh, we like to see the misfit become the hero. Uh, one of my favorite movies is a movie called Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm a little bit of a nerd, don't judge. Um, but it's, it's a movie that's about five people that are, that are misfits and outcasts and outlaws and they come together, they form a team and they save the galaxy. We like redemption. That's one reason we like to watch sports. We like to see redemption happen. We like to see the underdog overcome the big team. Uh, we like to see the wide receiver who misses the pass redeems himself with a touchdown. Or we have that team that we lose to every single year and this will be the year that we redeem ourselves. Um, we like this idea of redemption. And today, we're looking at the story of Hosea. And one of the biggest ways that we see um, love here is in a sense of redemptive love. It's one of the greatest characteristics in this story. So, um, just to give you a little rewind, Hosea's wife, by this point, has gone through a series of a process of tough love. She's deserted her husband, her three kids, and she's run after a life of sexual immorality and adultery. She's chased after evil. And she's chased after all the things that God hates. 
And no matter how many times Hosea shows his wife love over and over and over again, she keeps breaking his heart over and over again. But that's where redemptive love comes into play. Today we'll be in Hosea chapter 3. Hosea chapter 3 starting in verse 1 says, The Lord said to me, Go, show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. Though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. What an interesting statement. Go show love to your wife again. Despite what she's done, despite the fact that she has deserted her husband, deserted her three kids, and she has chased after a life of sexual immorality, of adultery, of chasing after sin and evil in her life, despite how many times she's broken Hosea's heart over and over and over again, God says, go show love to your wife again. And not only that, it says, even though she is an adulteress, not only because of what she's done, but because of who she is. This is where Hosea's wife's heart is at at this point. Some, some versions of, of the Bible don't even use the word wife in this passage because in, in all reality, Hosea's wife has lost that privilege, has lost that status of Hosea's wife because she has spit in the face of Hosea, spit in the face of God, and she has broken her marital covenant with Hosea. And she has chased after a life of adultery. Not only despite what she's done, but because of who she is. And God says, go show love to your wife again. Redemptive love. And then we see this powerful statement that says, Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. You only have to just open up anywhere in the Old Testament to see how much God loves the Israelites. Though they keep breaking his heart over and over again, even though they keep chasing after idols, chasing after other gods, God is continually chasing after his people Israel. And it says, even though they have turned to other gods and though they love the sacred raisin cakes, that seems a little weird at first. You know, because I love cinnamon raisin English muffins or, you know, raisin bagels. It's delicious. But what what happens here is this is a, a symbolism and it's an idea of the status of where Israel is at with God. These sacred raisin cakes were part of the worship ceremony, if you will, of the of what the Israelites would do in their worship of the false god Baal, the god of fertility, the god of nature. And what would happen is that during this process, the, uh, the temple actually had what they called temple prostitutes. And in order to worship the god Baal, people would go into the temple and they would worship by being with these prostitutes and offering up these sacred raisin cakes. This is a symbolism of where Israel is at. They're at a place where they have completely disregarded any kind of moral law. They have reached a place of complete disregard for God. A place of complete and utter rebellion. They have spit in the face of God's love. And they have run after idols and adultery. 
But it says, he tells Hosea to love his wife like the Lord loves the Israelites. And even though Israel has prostituted itself to other gods, to false gods, God still wants to restore his relationship with his people Israel. He still wants his people to experience redemptive love. And we move on to verse 2, and it says that, So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver, and about a homer, and a lethic of barley. See, basically what happens here is this, this word redemption, or to redeem something in Scripture, goes back to an idea of slavery. You became a slave when you owed something that you could not pay back, you became a slave to that person. When you reach a point where you can't possibly help but be in debt to this other person, when you're in a spot where you can't pay back what you owe, you become a slave. And when it comes to redemption, that means that you buy back somebody and you pay the price for somebody else for that thing they could not afford. You pay the debt that they are owed and you bring someone out of slavery into freedom. That's this idea of redemption. To redeem something means to buy somebody out of slavery. And into freedom. And it says, uh, most experts think at this point that Hosea's wife has actually sold herself to become one of these temple prostitutes like we were talking about. Hosea's wife at this point has sold herself to everything that is evil and rebellious against God. And she has sold herself into slavery. She is as far as you could possibly get from God and from her husband. But that doesn't stop Hosea. He still goes and he pays the slave price, which was 30 shekels of silver. So he pays half of that in silver and then pays the rest of it in barley. So he pays half of it, which is about 430 pounds of barley. This is not cheap. But he goes and he buys back his wife. His wife couldn't afford it. She didn't deserve to be bought out of slavery. She deserved to be where she's at. But she couldn't do anything to escape this place that she had sold herself into. But Hosea goes and buys back his wife. What a, what a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 5.8 says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were in a place of complete and utter slavery to sin and to death, when we deserve the wrath and the punishment and the judgment of God, that Christ came and died for us and paid the price that we could not afford. That was the price with which we were redeemed take a moment and watch this video Oh, my soul, 
Jesus Judas sold you for 30 I'd have done it for less Oh my soul Oh my you three times I've denied you more as the nails went in I was standing right there and you breathed your I shook my head and I cried Oh my God What have we done? We have destroyed your son Oh my God What have we done? We have destroyed your son
Second Peter chapter 1, verse 17 through 20 says that since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time here as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from an empty way of life handed down to you by your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ a lamb without blemish or defect. And he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Guys, the story of Hosea doesn't, doesn't end there. In verse 3 it says, Then I told her you are to live with me for many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, but I... And I will behave the same way towards you. Guys, see, love becomes redemptive love when it moves us to change. When it moves us to grow. When it moves us to become different because of what's been done for us. John fifteen thirteen says that, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Guys, we've been bought with the ultimate example of love. That the creator of the universe, the almighty creator God would come down and nail himself on a cross for us. When we didn't deserve it, when we deserved wrath, punishment, and death, that Christ would come and die for us. That is redemption happening right there. That is redemptive love. And if that doesn't somehow mess you up inside, if that doesn't wreck your heart, if that doesn't cause you to want to be somebody different because of what's been done for you, then something's wrong. Redemptive love moves us to change. That's why in our verse in First Peter it says, live out your faith in reverent fear. Not in, not in a kind of fear as in guilt or conviction or some kind of misguided religion or responsibility, but because of love. Because of the love that's been shown to us, how can we help but love that back? How can we help but love Christ back? How does that not change our hearts from the inside out? How does that not change how we see ourselves? How does that not change how we see other people? 
Love becomes redemptive when it moves us to change. That's when, when love makes us different. When it causes us to grow. That because of what's been done for us, that we can't help but become different people. And so the question this morning is, is where are you at right now? Are you in a, a, a spot like Hosea's wife? You've been chasing after the things that don't matter, that don't last, that never satisfy. You've been chasing after the idols. You've been running away and rebelling from God. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're at the spot where you've just wandered away for a while. You haven't been close to God in a while. And you need to experience redemptive love. Maybe this morning, all you simply need is a reminder and a drive and a concentration on what's been done for you as a Christ follower. Because if that doesn't change something within you, then something's wrong. I don't know where you're at in your walk with Christ. But I do know this. Wherever you are at in your life right now, no matter what you've done, no matter the mistakes you've made, no matter your past, nothing you can do can ever outweigh the love of God because He has shown that to you in the ultimate example. The question is, where are you? Because guys, God is there. He's been waiting this whole time for you to just turn around and accept redemptive love. Not because of anything that you've done, but because of everything that he's done. He's the one that's waiting for you. God loves you and he wants you. Because he loves you. There's a song that came out a couple years ago by a band called 10th Avenue North. And I just want to read the words over you this morning because I think it's very relevant to our passage and it's relevant to this idea of redemption. And it says, Love of my life deep in my eyes, there you will find what you need. And give me your life, the lust and the lies, the past you're afraid I might see because you've been running away from me. And love of my life, deep in my eyes, there you will find what you need. I'm the giver of life, and I'll clothe you in white. And my immaculate bride you will be. Come running home to me. You've been a mistress, my wife. You've been chasing lovers that won't satisfy. You won't, won't you let me make you my bride? You will drink of my lips and you'll taste new life. And then the chorus of the song goes, You're my beloved. Lover, I'm yours. Death shall not part us because it's you I died for. For better or worse, forever will be. Our love, it unites us and it binds you to me. Guys, wherever you are, whether you've been running, whether you've been ignoring, whether you've just wandered away for a while, maybe you've never even started to begin to understand what this redemptive love looks like. Maybe you simply need a reminder this morning of what Christ has done in your life. But this morning is when that redemptive process can happen.
See, redemption doesn't just happen one time, but God continues to redeem us throughout our lives. So wherever you are, you can experience redemption in Jesus Christ because the price has been paid for you. So the question is, are you ready to receive it? This morning I want to give you just a few minutes and deal with God. Figure out where you're at. Figure out where you've been and where you need to go. Figure out how that's made, that redemption has, been, has made a difference in your life. Wherever you are, God is ready to meet with you. So I'm going to give you a few minutes and just deal with God. This is not about the people around you. This is not about certain expectations. This is about you and God and experiencing redemption. So I'll give you a few minutes. Just bow your heads and deal with God. And then I'll close this out in prayer. So if you would, bow your heads. Experience redemption. God, we thank you for redemptive love. For love that became so real that you would send your son to die on a cross for us while we were still sinners. While we deserved wrath and punishment and judgment and eternal torment, God, that you would still come and die for us. God, open up our hearts. Let that change us from the inside out. Let that, let that wreck our hearts and wreck our lives. May we look different because of the love that's been shown to us. May we experience new redemption in you. God, we pray that you would take us. God, that you would redeem us, even though we don't deserve it. God, we thank you that you meet us where you're at, but you love us too much to let us stay there. God, grow us and change us. Help us to experience your love and redemption in new and exciting ways. Let us experience your love. And God, as we go throughout this week, as we go throughout our days, as we go throughout our lives, God, let this sink in. Let this change us. God, we love you. And all we can do is say thank you and give you our lives back. Because they've been bought and paid for. God, we can't say we love you enough. It's in your son's precious name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Y'all are dismissed. Have a great week. You